Hi guys, so this is a review of uh, The Suicide Squad, but this is a non-spoiler review. Uh, for some curious reason, uh, which we don't mind about in the UK, Warner Brothers and DC have decided to release the film earlier in some territories. So this isn't yet uh, released in the US. So like most of the reviewers in the UK, I think I'm gonna, like them, gonna, we're all gonna tiptoe around the plots, the plot lines, the, what happens to the characters, and talk in the more generalised sense. I mean, obviously, The Suicide Squad, they're not calling it a reboot, but it's a sort of, I'm sort of calling it a correction from the original Suicide Squad film. I, I quite liked the first Suicide Squad. I didn't think it was perfect, but I didn't think it was as bad as a lot of people were saying. Correct me if I'm wrong if you're a DC fan. Do explain what it was exactly you didn't like about the first film. I mean... That's not to comment on this film, but, you know, I didn't have a massive sort of negative reaction. For me, the, uh, the first Suicide Squad film kind of sat in the area or, or near the sweet spot that I've always been after from DC, which is a bit darker, a bit more sort of sombre. So this is changed by the fact that it's got the in the title and it's not exactly a reboot and it has some of the characters carrying over from the original film into this film, most notably characters like Harley Quinn and Viola Davis's character. Um, and so this, The Suicide Squad, it comes from the incredibly crazy mind, as all the posters say, the dark, mysterious, crazy mind of James Gunn, who's the, you know, well-known for being the director of Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, and then he had that spat or that moment with Disney, Marvel, where historic tweets, where he was cracking jokes about inappropriate things, uh, led to him being dismissed or walking. Uh, and then in the interim, DC Warner Brothers picked him up slapped him on the Suicide Squad uh, and that's how this has resulted. It'll be interesting to see going forward because he's now since come back into the fold with Marvel. It'll be interesting to see whether James Gunn sort of flips and flops between both studios uh, quite easily because, you know, not that they're opposing teams but they, they sort of run alongside each other. So the Suicide Squad. Well, what can I say without giving anything away? Uh, we all saw it on a preview screening last night. I was extraordinarily excited, especially as we walked into Leicester Square and there was a giant inflatable starfish with an eyeball, which from the trailer you will probably know is in this film. Um, and that just got, my, got me all excited. And then we went in and we had these masks that you put over your face and all this kind of stuff. So, you know, I, I was like, a, I was like a, an 11 year old child, just stupidly excited. The girls were excited. They're huge James Gunn fans and Nanny Dye was with us and she was up for the crack too. What I liked about this film was its unpredictability. That's what I'm trying to say. It's unpredictable around characterization. It's unpredictable around what happens to them and it plays with your emotions and senses of expectation in there. Uh, I'd like to talk about some of the characters. John Cena really, really impressed me. That said, I did feel we could have got a bit more from him, um, but he's incredibly uh, brilliant playing the sort of antidote, if you like, the antidote alpha male to Idris Elba, who I've always been a bit kind of, I've always liked Idris in everything he's been in, but I've never felt he's kind of really punched through and excelled massively in anything I've seen him in. But in this, he's absolutely sensational. Um, something else that I really liked about this film, and it really encouraged me, was James Gunn's handling of Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn. And I think one of the notable things about this film is that the female characters aren't there. Not that Harley Quinn is only there in other films as eye candy. She's a kick-ass, whip-smart nutter who's strong, 
demonstrative and all that kind of stuff. Though she's always kind of operating in the shadows of her love relationship with Joker, the Joker. But what was great about this film was the women were incredibly self-sufficient in their ability to kind of look after themselves, help others and function. They weren't functioning as a sort of bit of eye candy, if you like, for the male viewer or the male characters around them. That said, uh, I think, as I say, James Gunn handled uh, Harley Quinn brilliantly. And this is the best iteration of Harley Quinn I've seen in any of the DC films. I liked her. She made me laugh. She was strong. It, you know, she was kind of crazed and crazy and she kind of pursues love and deals with her own emotional shit in her own rather hysterical and insane way. She's hysterical in the sense of slightly mad and she's hysterical in the way she deals with things. Uh, and there are some really wonderful set pieces with her. The huge sort of fight scenes. There's an awful, awful lot of blood in this. There's an awful lot of very funny, but very shocking uh, dispatches of people. Um, and it takes quite a sort of deadpan approach to physical violence. I mean, the point is, what I'd like to stress here is, think Deadpool. It's, it's along the lines of Deadpool in its irreverence and in its sending up, but almost it's so extreme in the ludicrousness of its violence that it verges on, you know, a little bit cartoon. It's an incredibly graphic novel comic book film. And James Gunn has really carved out a unique niche for himself that he really gets the sort of light-hearted, fluffy silliness of this stuff, as well as the darker, twisted, strong narrative. I mean, don't get me wrong, all the narratives in the superhero world are, are a bit kind of nuts and sometimes a bit flaky. But if you keep it simple and you keep it focused, as he does in this film, it really drives the energy of the film along. Brilliant ensemble cast. Sometimes there's the danger, as Maddie says, that you get too many big names in a film and they all start vying for attention. But there was a real feeling in this. And um, Peter Capaldi, you know, the ex-Doctor Who, uh, was uh, at, the, at the screening and he was talking about the fact that all the actors really wanted to be there. And he said, it's amazing, you, you know, however big the big budgeted the, pro the film is, you can often get actors who just don't want to be there. And he said, everyone was committed to this. And you could tell that everyone was enjoying riffing off each other. And it goes back to that old adage, if you've got a happy crew and a happy cast, you're going to get something special from the film. I have to stop and just talk about one other particular... Well, the girl's favourite character, Maddie and Kiki's, was Polka Dot Man. And without giving anything away, he's one of the most astonishing inversions and caricatures and ludicrously counterintuitive portraits of a superhero. That's all I can say. Remarkable. You see from the trailer that he has the oddest powers. Um, so he's he's great. And there are some wondrous jokes around his character. Um, but then there's the shark and voiced by Sylvester Stallone and James Gunn. This is what I love about James Gunn. And there's a particular scene in the middle of the film involving Idris Elba and the wonderful actress. Let me try and find out her name. The actress who plays uh, the rat woman. What was her name? Du -du -du -du. I'm just going to find her. Uh, Cleo, the rat catcher too, played by a Portuguese actress, Daniela Melchior. Daniela Melchior, I think that's her name. Uh, she was sensational. I really, really liked her. And she played it really well, like a sort of always tired sort of millennial. That's, that's how they characterise her. But there was a wonderful moment between her and one of the other characters in the film, which, were, which slowed the action down. It's a very action-heavy film. And yet, James Gunn manages to find moments to pause, to let some quite subtle comedy develop, 
to let characterization develop. And there's great, there are moments of great heart and sensitivity in it. Bizarrely, around a great hulking shark, as I say, voiced by Sylvester Stallone. I've never cared about a shark more than I do in this film. Uh, there's some wonderful comedy around it. And if you think about James Gunn, he managed to very successfully make a tree in the form of Groot become incredibly emotional by just saying, I am Groot. And he brought real kind of panache to a raccoon in the form of Rocket Raccoon. And I remember one of the most sort of sensitive scenes in one of the Guardians of the Galaxy films, I can't remember which, was Rocket Raccoon kind of getting honest and real about the nature of his existence. And in this, there's a similar narrative running running for uh, for, for the shark. Um, it's not a spoiler to say that there, it features a giant starfish. I mean, they made that quite apparent uh, in the trailer and in Leicester Square. That part of the film is very, very bizarre, but very brilliantly handled. I, I can't think of any other director who could have handled that element of the film and actually got away with it and made it work. As viewers, we were laughing out loud. We were gasping. It's a proper thrill ride. It's a proper edge of your seat. You, every character has so much about them that you're not sort of waiting for the other character to come on. You're constantly enjoying being with whichever character James Gunn throws forward. And as I say, there's a whole heap of names, there's a whole heap of characters in this film, and they're all popping up all over the place. And the wonderful thing that James Gunn does as well is he plays with timelines. So just when you think you know where you're at, you may go forward or back in time and all this kind of stuff. So it's a very rich film. It's a very clever film. It's a it's a film that's showing off. And there's a line in the film somewhere about, you know, it's, it's wrong to show off unless you're showing off about something that's really, really cool. This is a very cool film. This is one of those films that you come out of the cinema thinking, I want to be one of those characters. I want to live in that world. It's very, they're very, very cool. Um, and there's just some there's so many wonderful cameos. And again, we can't really talk about them too much because it's embargoed. But I just wanted to stress that we've seen the film. I would give this film at this point, and we're going to do a longer, more detailed uh, spoiler review when it's opened in America. Uh, we're going to probably record it tomorrow, but when it's opened in America, so that that can flop onto YouTube around the same time that lots of other people are doing their sort of full reveal kind of uh, reviews. But at this stage, I would give it, and I think about an hour ago, it was still either around 100% or Rotten Tomatoes. This is absolutely, for me, uh, is it 100%? Is it 100%? For what it is in the genre that it is, I think I'd have to say it is 100%. It was irreverent, it was rude, it was violent, but it was funny, it was warm, it was, it was a complete universe. Every element, whether it be clearly CGI stuff or clearly close hand combat or whatever, was so expertly rendered that the escapism and the colour and the size of the screen was just absolutely wonderful. For more film and family fun, don't forget to click the subscribe button and make sure to click the bell to never miss an update.